Howdy, howdy. Howdy. And welcome to But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast where we probe. I'm your main detective today, Kevin the Grey, and my partner in investigation today is Granville Moonwalker. I'm feeling investigative today. What about you? Probe, probe, probe. I'm ready to probe. Probe, probe, probe. <laughs> I'm ready to probe. So you're feeling musical today. Yeah. Elementary, probe. my dear Moonwalker. We are staying in old blighty today, the United Kingdom. <laughs> the United Kingdom. Why did you sound so posh when you said that? I don't sound posh. You did then. Not at all, sir. <laughs> the United Kingdom. What's wrong with the way I talk? <laughs> it wasn't. It was the way you said, the United Kingdom. Investigative. <laughs> <laughs> the year was 1980. We are visiting Yorkshire, a nation then gripped by the fear of the Yorkshire Ripper, whom would ultimately be arrested for having false number plates in January 1981. The Ripper was five years into his horrid 13 murder and nine attack spree, as it's currently known, though he did have a prior assault on his record in 1969. But we aren't a true crime podcast, oh no no. Now let me introduce you to Alan Godfrey. Godfrey thought that he'd seen it all. Godfrey was a respected policeman who spent his life in the force. Godfrey was based in Todmorden and walked the beat of the surrounding areas. So honourable was Godfrey that he'd actually (laughs) earned a couple of awards or commendations on the force. Not too far away lived Zygmunt Jan Adamski. No relation. Ooh, okay. Zygmunt lived a peaceful, unremarkable life in Tingley, which is near Leeds. Zygmunt was a Polish gentleman who moved to England in 1945, surviving his experiences as a prisoner of war and whom subsequently married a lady known as Lottie in 1951. In 1980, Zygmunt was edging very close to his retirement. By all accounts, 56-year-old Zygmunt was a happily married family man and had settled into English life very well. True crime. (coughs) What's that end bit about? What end bit? True crime. I said we're not a true crime podcast. What are you talking about? I'm just going to let you have your fun. What fun? Um, Honourable Godfrey. Yeah, but I tricked you there because this man actually had commendations. So I saw your little face light up as soon as I said it, but then I dropped it on you. I'm being serious for a change, biatch! He had commendations, but does that make him honourable? Don't start. (laughs) (laughs) He's honourable. He's a copper on the beat. But his name's Adamski. No, no. The copper is Godfrey. Oh, yeah, Zygmunt Adamski. Yeah, Ziggy Adamski, you're thinking of. I've given you quite a big opening into their lives there. How you feeling this Are one's they... going to play out? One of them's going to get abducted, the other's going to see it, or 
they both get abducted and they both get probed in front of each other. Well, anally. And they come out they come. the other end and bo- <laughs> they make a pact that they're going to be best friends for the rest of their lives. That's quite the motion of what picture. They went for. <laughs> yeah, you're no way Godfrey and Adamski. <laughs> brothers uh, of the probe. Probe brothers. I've got no clue. Glorious. So on the morning of Friday, the 6th of June, 1980, the 80s, on a sunny day, Zygmunt, let's call him Ziggy, as I said, set off to the local town centre of Wakefield. Ziggy Stardust. Where do you think this one is going? True crime. So you mentioned he's happily married. I have, yes. That makes me suspicious. Why does that make you suspicious? <laughs> because you've mentioned it. Unless the family come into this story somehow, there's a reason you've mentioned that he was happily married. Maybe I'm just setting his character as a good man. Which means he's going to be less than honourable. <laughs> so why did he go to Wakefield? What day? Oh, it was Friday. Friday, yep. A sunny, a sunny, he, sunny Friday. Did he work in Wakefield? Mm, he's what, not off to work at the moment. What time did he go? Was he going for a beer? A pint with the lads? <laughs> is that what you think he's doing? Pint with the lads. Or is he going to go cheat? Pint with the lads and then cheat. Cheat this, them this happy the family man. <laughs> Does he have two families? Does he have two families? That'd be quite the twist, wouldn't it? I mean, he'd still be a happily married man. The doubly happily married (laughs) man. The happiest of married men. Pint with the lads. Fair enough. I feel it's important to tell you at this point that Godfrey had experienced an incident on duty in the force sometime prior to the events they're about to unfold, which left him impotent. Pint with the lads then. Godfrey, this... So Godfrey is impotent. Uh, you keep getting yeah, confused. I do. I really do. So Godfrey is the policeman. All right. He's gone for a pint with the lads as well. <laughs> so yeah, Godfrey couldn't get hard on. Meanwhile, Ziggy's wife, by 1980, was a wheelchair user with worsening health. Unfortunately, I hate where your mind has gone. <laughs> oh, I could see it in your eyes. <laughs> Where has my mind gone? You know exactly. Why don't you tell me where your mind has gone and be no, honest? Because you said you know where it's gone. If you say where you think it's gone and it's correct, I will admit to it. So you're thinking this impotent man is no longer impotent and he's gone to have his way with the wife in the wheelchair. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. But no, her health was worsening. Ziggy himself had also been off work with a lung condition, which is why he had applied for early retirement. Ziggy was a minor, and having a lung condition could not have been easy. Ziggy's initial retirement application had been rejected by his employer, but the company's decision was to be reviewed. True crap. <laughs> right. I have a feeling... That all three of these people are going to get abducted and they're going to come back healthy. 
And I'm going to keep introducing more people. <laughs> Bob, the butcher, <laughs> had one arm. <laughs> Somehow, they either got probed or covered in some suspicious goo while they're out on this ship and uh, come back healthy. Miraculously healed. It's, true crime. <laughs> what do you mean, true crime? Don't know. This ain't a true crime podcast. I know it's not. What would you say true crime for? Where did you get that from? <laughs> Unagi. So off Ziggy went to the shops, but not alone. Ziggy's cousin and her son were visiting, so Ziggy took them to the shops too. Afternoon trip. Mm. That afternoon, the trio returned to the Adamski home for a pucker portion of fish and chips. Ziggy was, by all accounts, happy and indeed excited. The next day, his goddaughter was getting married and Ziggy was giving her away. Ziggy had prepared a speech for the wedding. You thought something was going to happen to Ziggy or his wife, didn't you? But he returned home. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. True crime. Is Ziggy's goddaughter getting married to Godfrey? That's <laughs> how they're linked. <laughs> Impotent Godfrey is uh, getting married. (laughs) Ziggy couldn't be happier about it. (laughs) One of these has got to be an alien. That's an out there theory. Where did that come from? Because I haven't had an alien in this yet. So I'm going with one of them as an alien. I like it. It's not quite right, but I like it. (laughs) Doubt it's even close, but... Or is it? It's not, no. So on Friday, the 6th of June, 1980, the 80s, at 3.30 on a sunny afternoon, yes, that's the same day, (laughs) Ziggy announced that he was going to the local shops down the road to buy some spuds. Is this after the fish and chips? Yeah, that's potatoes, folks. Ziggy grabbed his jacket and left. Inside his jacket were Ziggy's driving licence, wallet and a bit of change. Change for the spuds? Yeah. Ziggy set off for the shops, speaking happily with a neighbour as he passed, but Ziggy would never make it to the shops. Oh no. True crime. Why do you keep saying true crime? What do you mean? I've never uttered those words. I'm not doing this with you. (laughs) I've I've not even heard those words before. What does that mean? Is the neighbour an alien? (laughs) (laughs) The neighbour who saw him. Mm. (laughs) The one that chatted to him. Or was he abducted and taken down into a basement? How would that go? True crime. <laughs> what do you mean true crime? Why do you keep saying that? true crime. <laughs> he was abducted by his neighbour <laughs> and assaulted in the basement. A oh. true crime. So you think this one is true crime? For now. Why would you think that? Unless the neighbour's an alien. I, I can't even begin to be. imagine what put that in your head. You've got to think, he had this wedding tomorrow and he was known to be really excited for it. He had that speech coming up. Did he go out on a bender? With a little bit of change Didn't make and his it driving license. Walked past the pub, saw the boys. They were like, come on in. We'll get you a drink. And one drink turned to another drink and another drink and another drink and shots. I mean, you know how we are when we're out. <laughs> Maybe this was Ziggy. Stardust. Next thing you know, he's taking the wheelchair down the skate park. Mm-hmm. Left his wife at home. When Ziggy didn't return home, Lottie called the police that evening. 
the police extensively investigated and the story was included in local newspapers but to no avail. It was as if Ziggy had simply disappeared. The day after he disappeared, Ziggy's early retirement decision came in the post. It had been granted. But Ziggy wasn't there to celebrate. Five days later, still nothing. But five days and about 15 minutes later... (laughs) True crime. Ziggy walked through the door with the bag of spuds as if nothing had happened. Still thinking it was Friday the 6th of June in the 80s. In the afternoon. (laughs) And Godfrey was one of the spuds. He found Godfrey there back in the He found Godfrey. (laughs) He had a religious moment. Your mind is ticking. Yeah. Other than he just walks through the door as if nothing happened. I can't. Unless they find a body. Mm-hmm. So there might have been a knock at the door. Police, we found a body. You're that thinking pretty, like, dark, crimey kind of things here. True crap. What do you mean? But, um, yeah, I reckon he just turned up as if nothing happened with the bag of spuds. <laughs> I like your random better. <laughs> Trevor Parker was the son of a coal man. <laughs> Someone else. (laughs) Someone else. Yeah. Anything you want to interject at this point before I move forward? Is this like, um, oh, what is the film? It's going to bug me. I don't even know if you've seen it, actually. Oh, it's really going to piss me off. Um, There's a film where there's three or four different events that happen to three or four different people, but they all intertwine with each other. Randomly. Oh. Uh, and then Will Smith dies. No. It's a Spanish <laughs> film. Yeah, okay. and then um, Will Rigo Smithy dies. No, I can't remember it. But okay. the more people you keep adding in, is it like this? So it's going to be, you've mentioned three different people now. None of them have come across each other. But are they all going to end up in a field together? <laughs> I wake up naked and have been probed. <laughs> have you been reading my notes? Oh. So yeah, Trevor Parker, so son yeah. of the coal man. So that happens. We'll get to it. Trevor arrived at 3.45 in the afternoon at his daddy's yard in Todd Morden, a market town in Yorkshire, about 20 miles from Ziggy's home. Trevor noticed something funny with a 10-foot coal pile. At the top of the pile, there was a body. Trevor had already been at the yard at 8.15 and was sure, certain, in fact, that the body wasn't there then. Trevor had left the yard, leaving the gates unlocked in case a delivery turned up, then came back for his afternoon shift to find the body there. That body was the only delivery that day. True crap. So, either he didn't notice the body in the first place, or he left it unlocked so the people could dump the body there, or they simply passed there, noticed it was unlocked, and dumped the body there. And Who's they? Is that going to be Ziggy's body? Whoever murdered him. Well, we've <laughs> got lots of characters here. All you know is that it isn't Trevor Parker. What, that murdered him? That 
Well, the body. His body. The body. What if it was? Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Trevor Parker found his own body. Yeah, two places. <laughs> <laughs> like a different parallel universe. Oh, uh, that, that would him. be amazing. Imagine trying to unpick that. Sees himself there. Can you make out that it's like any detail on the body? Or can you just make out that... We'll get on to that a in a second. There. But we've got lots of characters here. How got big is that coal pile? Ten foot. Has he got coal on his hands? Probably, because he's a miner. Yeah, don't trust him. <laughs> I reckon he scaled it, put the body up there, climbed back down like a monkey. But why would he have the body in the first place? I don't know. Maybe he's a hitman. Hitman Trevor. It's a very unassuming name. Trevor Parker. Trevor the Hitman, hitman. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> what you saying, Hitman? Okay. Carry on. There's more to unravel here. There is indeed. Trevor was understandably shocked and stood still for several moments before phoning for an ambulance. Not the police, just an ambulance. Ah, oh, but then I suppose he doesn't would, know the body's dead, does yeah, he? Yeah, and to be fair, when you phone for one, it would triage them all anyway. Okay. Trevor was puzzled, not just because there was a body in his coal yard. In his dad's coal yard. Oh, yeah, if you're going to be a picky bastard. But, but hold on, you can remember that. <laughs> you can't remember who Ziggy is and who Godfrey is. <laughs> yeah, he was conf- puzzled, not just because there was a body in the coal yard, but because... Well, the circumstances. It would be very difficult for a chap to climb up the slippery side of a coal pile, especially because it had been raining for most of the day. Then remember Ziggy is an older chap. So it is Ziggy then? It may be. (laughs) Add that to the mix and it would have been near on impossible for Ziggy to make it up the pile. That's without even considering Ziggy's lung issue and overall poorer health. I'm going to show you a picture of Trevor with a couple of small piles of coal behind him, just so that you can see the type of coal pile we are talking about. This will help you to understand why it would be so hard to climb them. As you can see, they're basically sand piles. The pile Ziggy was atop was undisturbed. True cram. So that tiny little mound imagine that but 10 foot high that's not impossible to climb but undisturbed son undisturbed all the way around undisturbed legit undisturbed what if i mean it's been what five days Mm-hmm. but he was there that morning and there wasn't a body oh yeah that is yeah, but he might not have <laughs> just, just might not have seen it pardon just might not have seen it but he was certain. Yeah. Was he drinking? At work? Before work. And then went to work. Like <laughs> 8.35 in the morning. He I, was out on a bender with I, Ziggy the <laughs> night before. And Godfrey. And Ziggy's wife in the wheelchair. I am pretty sure at some point in my life I have woken up, walked to your fridge and taken a can of cider oh, out at 7 in the morning. Oh, you day boy. Admittedly, that was when we were on a seven-day <laughs> ender. And we ended up at that coal mine. <laughs> Back in the 80s. Yeah, yes. In the it afternoon. Was, <laughs> was it us? <laughs> Did we put him there? I'll, I will say one thing. Yes? 
This is going to be only relevant to those that live in the K, in the K, in the UK. Right. Trevor looks like a proper Yorkshireman. What does a proper Yorkshireman look like? Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I'm ready to hear more. So the location of the body is bizarre. Further bizarrely, Ziggy was dressed in a suit, but his shirt was missing. Ziggy's watch and wallet were also gone. Ziggy's buttons on his clothes were done up incorrectly, so one button was pushed into the buttonhole below where it should be and so on. He went on a proper bender. Ziggy's flies were undone and his shoes were tied hastily. It was as if Ziggy had been dressed by someone or something whom didn't understand clothing. Not only that, but Ziggy, atop a coal pile, did not have a bit of coal on him. Even more bizarre was that Ziggy's body was covered in oval or ring-shaped burn marks which were two days old. Ziggy had marks on his head, neck and shoulders. Ziggy's face was frozen in absolute terror, but there was no injury explaining how Ziggy died. Oh, so he was dead? Yeah. His body was atop a coal pile. Dead. Yeah, but he might have been unconscious. Ziggy had been gone five days, but only had one day of beard growth. Then to top this all off, Ziggy's hair had been cropped short and rough. Why had his hair been cut? What had happened? Oh, and the burns were covered in a strange ointment, which was examined by the home office, but could not be identified. True crime. Did he make any enemies? Or did he have any enemies? Fear eyes. Had he pissed off the mob? No. Or any gangsters in his local area? I like where your mind is going. Not exactly. Had he pissed off the family of his cousin's soon-to-be... was his cousin, wasn't it? Mm. Cousin's soon-to-be... He was going to be godfather, was um, his goddaughter's wedding, his, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, okay, his goddaughter's soon-to-be groom's family. Mm. I mean, I can't answer that because we're going to get on to what the truth is, but I like where your mind is going. Okay. He annoyed someone. Very investigative. And they are trying to cover it up as to keep them as far away from this true crime as possible. What makes you say that it's true crime? Because it's true, and it Look, was a crime. What crime? He's deaf. He got whacked. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been an accident. <laughs> an accidental whack. Could have tripped and fell upwards <laughs> ten feet. Oh, someone whacked him that hard that he flew. <laughs> but then they whacked him. Then they cut his hair, took his shirt off, and dressed him again. Make him unrecognisable. I may have held him for a couple of days, tortured him. And undid his flies. Might not have just done them up, so they might not have been done up in the first place to be Shaved undone. him for four days. For fun. <laughs> for fun? Do you enjoy shaving? No, but 
What if? Well, to be honest, you said he had what two days of beard growth, and he was one. missing one, yeah. and he was missing for five days. Yes. What if his uh, beard doesn't grow in that quickly? What if it takes three or four days for him to get that little bit of stubble? So one day's worth of beard growth for someone could be like five days for Ziggy. I appreciate where you're going, and I Damn can't right be one hundred percent. But the general literature out there suggests that these statements were picked up by people who knew him okay take that back but who knows maybe they're jumped to conclusions maybe you're bang on maybe he was a slow grower (laughs) (laughs) you bitch i tried so hard enter officers mervyn hare and alan godfrey our trusty policeman It was Godfrey who was called to the coal yard to probe. Probe! Godfrey was really struck by the fact that Ziggy was on top of a coal pile without any coal on him, despite the only way to get on top of a pile being to scramble up it. The coroner would rule that Ziggy died of a heart attack between 11.15 and 1.15. That's 11.15am, 1.15pm and in the days leading up to his death, had eaten well, though Ziggy had not eaten on the day he died. There were small cuts on Ziggy's palms, knees and right thigh. Godfrey had fought a heart attack likely as Ziggy looked like he had been scared to death. Godfrey drew comparisons in his mind to the case of Travis Walton. Why? Why would you just go there? Maybe Ziggy was taken and experimented upon, which is why ointment was on him. But an accident happened. Ziggy woke when he wasn't supposed to, and the shock of what he woke to killed him. So whatever took him carefully planted Ziggy for his loved ones to find. They simply didn't understand how to fasten his clothes. Five days later, Travis came back, alive. Five days later, Ziggy wasn't so lucky. True crime. I was just thinking throughout that whole thing, maybe he was just killed and they used a crane or something to put his body on top of the coal pile. That's pretty bloody extreme, isn't it? Yeah, but if you think about all the confusion it's caused, it's worked a treat. (laughs) (laughs) So, hypothetically, if you were to whack someone... You're saying the way you deal with it is to put their body on a crane and drive the crane to a coal mine and place them on top. (laughs) (laughs) What if the crane's already there? Well, not a crane, but like a digger. But then how would they not disturb the pile with a digger? How do they know that that pile... Worryingly, your crane idea is a better theory. (laughs) (laughs) Because it might not have been disturbed that, oh, it was that day, it wasn't there in the morning. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they just got someone that's really good and intricate with a crane. <laughs> it's like a giant game of Jenga. You can just take pieces out, put pieces, well, you don't put pieces back in, but maybe he was just doing that. Perfectly placed him on the top, like the cherry on top of a coal sundae, a coal rubble sundae. I've just got this image of like the mob 
Paul hopped onto a crane driving down the road now. Godfrey pulls him over. Yeah, what's up, guy? So I'm just quickly... Maybe, I was about to say, maybe on. the shock look on his face wasn't the fact that he died of shock. Maybe it's him gasping for air. So he was suffocated. Mm. Well, he had a heart attack, so he probably would have gone down clenching his heart and then trying to, like, breathe at the same time. <gasps> Although I'm not sure what happens when you have a heart attack. Interesting. I'm just going to show you a newspaper front page from the Sunday Mirror on the 27th of September, 1981. Ooh, Brett Bittle newspaper. <laughs> because, yes, Godfrey thought it could have been aliens. Of course he did. And if you'd like to just check that newspaper. Amazing UFO death riddle. Experts baffled. Priscilla Presley's new life. <laughs> My lover at age 22. Yeah, you're not supposed to look at the By other stories. John. <laughs> Crunch day for labour. <laughs> bingo. Eyes down, game number two. Instant bingo. Okay, moving on when from the paper. Twen, that twin. £10,000 today. So yeah, moving on. Moving on. Stop looking at the paper. What was that? 30p for the paper? It's not what I said. Oh, for Christ's sake, he's zooming in on the paper. I'm trying to. It's not letting me. Good. So, yeah, as you can see, people believed it was aliens. It went around. Oh, okay. Oh, let the paper go. It's happened in June, didn't it? Yeah. This paper is dated September 27th. That's what I said, yeah. Just letting you know. I know. It takes a while for things to hit the news back then. That's true. And they wouldn't have come up with this theory straight away. They really thought about it and had to make sure they were right. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you continue now. On the 28th of November 1980, five months after the body of Ziggy was found, Godfrey was out on patrol a mile away from the coal yard in Todd Morden. This is genuine. Godfrey was on the way to respond to calls of a herd of escaped cows almost magically appearing and disappearing. <laughs> Godfrey approaches the first area. The cows are gone. A call comes in and Godfrey goes to the next area. The cows are gone. They're just happening on, aren't they? This <laughs> and, is a mob. <laughs> and on it goes. <laughs> what a prank to the mob to play. What, what gain are they going to make from that? <laughs> hey, Godfrey, eh? Making the cows the, are in my field. Making the police look like idiots. Godfrey trots off. Either, hey, Godfrey! Either that or it's just a bunch of kids. Mm. So as Godfrey approached the area of the last of the calls around 5am, Godfrey noticed what appeared to be an overturned bus. Godfrey got out of his patrol car and approached the bus. Godfrey realised, that's no bus. It was a coach! <laughs> Son of a bitch. As Godfrey nicked the object, Godfrey realised that it was a massive, diamond-shaped UFO with rows of windows and a large, spinning top section. It was hovering in the air, five feet above the road and 100 yards from Godfrey. Godfrey turned on his walkie-talkie, but it wasn't working. Godfrey went back to his car and tried to radio it in, but Godfrey's radio wasn't working. 
Godfrey didn't know what to do, so he pulled out a pad and begun drawing the object. Godfrey then remembers being up to 100 yards further down the road and realised that the fronts of his shoes were all tattered like he'd been dragged along the floor ripping his toes. Godfrey got back in the car and drove to pick up a patrolling officer before finding the cows on the rugby pitch. They contacted the farmer and then called it a night. Oh, by the way, following this night, Godfrey's winky got hard again. True crime. I think the reason his winky got hard is because of the fact he got a hard on over tr- pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. Um, a diamond-shaped object. Yeah. Looks nothing like a fucking bus. Right. Remember, he was from a distance to begin with, and I've got a little illustration that Godfrey's drawn of this, if you'd like to check that. So from a distance, he might have only seen the top and thought it was rows of windows on a bus or coach. Diamond-shaped. As he got closer, he realised that it was higher off the ground. I think what you should have done is put a picture of a bus next to this picture so we can see how ridiculous this is. <laughs> if you cut off the bottom of that image... Doesn't look like a bus. When was the last time you saw a bus? Today. You got on the bus, did you? No, you said I saw You didn't one. see it closely enough then. <laughs> I drove right <laughs> past it. Doesn't count. You didn't get up close and personal. Um, you need to feel the bus. So Godfrey got a hard-on again. Yes. Yes, he did. I think he just got gets a hard-on over UFOs and aliens. Well, technically he did in this case, didn't he? Yeah. He was impotent and Maybe then... Maybe it was the cows. <laughs> I mean, it's the, la- <laughs> <laughs> it's the last so thing he so excited chasing them that he got aroused. He really likes cows. Rush of blood. He loves mystery and he loves cows. <laughs> Put them together and he's cocking as a rockin'. Godfrey's got a hard on. And it never went down again. So... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> what? He leaves the UFO, picks up an officer on patrol. Yep. Finds the cows. Yep. Doesn't go back to the UFO. So we don't have, like, testimony of this other officer. We don't have another eyewitness. We only have the word of Godfrey. The limp. (laughs) (laughs) No longer. Now he's Godfrey the, the hard... Well, the limpless. Godfrey the firm and proud. Godfrey the rocket cock. <laughs> nah, nah. This is bullshit. Godfrey, his whole career, was a genuinely respected policeman. But following this, as you can imagine, Godfrey became ridiculed. Literally, the next night, every officer in the station knew and was laughing. The next week, one of them had told the press, so Godfrey's story, against Godfrey's will, was now out there. It turns out that three other officers had reported seeing a zigzagging object in the night sky that same night though, as did two traffic police and several local people. The ridicule continued though. So much so in fact that Godfrey who was such a proud and upstanding officer, ended up leaving the police force. Sometime before that though, a year after the UFO sighting, Godfrey was asked to get hypnotised by a senior officer, two colleagues and a solicitor from the fraud squad, 
whom visited Godfrey at his home after hearing about the story. The fraud squad didn't suspect foul play. Apparently, they were just massively interested in all the UFO sightings, so came to ask Godfrey about it in great detail. Hmm? Godfrey, under hypnosis via two Manchester psychiatrists who often worked with the police but had no prior knowledge of the events being examined, recollected that he was taken aboard the ship via entities and given a physical examination. The entities were a tall guy in a white skull cap named Joseph and several three foot tall robot like creatures with lamp shaped heads which scared Godfrey. Godfrey had been dragged standing hence the damage to his shoes and had some tests done on his leg and wrist. There was also a dog there. (coughs) After three (laughs) sessions and much distress, Godfrey's superintendent put a stop to the sessions. Godfrey couldn't remember the details outside of hypnosis, but was very upset. Mm. Bet he was. Before you jump to conclusions, however, Godfrey, once out of hypnosis, would say that he has never said that he was abducted by aliens. Godfrey thinks that the hypnosis was just a dream but Godfrey stands firmly by his original sighting. On Ziggy, Godfrey says that, I am open-minded. I can't rule it out. Godfrey's senior colleague believed that Ziggy was murdered, but Godfrey himself isn't so sure. Godfrey believes that Ziggy didn't die where he was found, but had been planted there by someone or something. Godfrey is obviously very interested in UFOs and has since written a book about aliens, including chapters on Ziggy. It's a passion for him. True crime. Before you judge, just remember, he was basically ridiculed out of the police force. So... Why did Godfrey not have a Yorkshire accent? Because I can't remember what Yorkshire people sound like. (laughs) Okay, I'll let you off. Um, I can't remember. (laughs) Let me see. Let me pretend while I'm under hypnosis that I'm saying things and this all happened. Then when I snap out of it, I don't remember a thing. Let's Mm -hmm. make it seem a little bit more legit, shall we? I don't believe it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We know hypnosis can... But he's not claiming the hypnosis was real. He's saying it just made him like have a dream. But what he is saying is that the sighting was real. No, and I'm he saying... he thinks the aliens got Ziggy. Well, he's under. He's not actually under. And he's just telling a story and spinning a yarn. He's having a laugh while he's under. Or under, in quota- air quotations. Okay, on that basis... Why isn't he claiming that what he said is true afterwards and he's just saying he was having a dream? Because then it's more realistic if he says, I don't remember anything that just happened. Because then they'll be like, oh, while he's under, he says all this shit. He's being ridiculed anyway. He's got nothing to lose. Yeah, but then this could could turn, those naysayers could turn them around. They could be like, oh, he went under hypnosis and this happened under. But he has no recollection of it when he comes out. Maybe he was telling the truth. Maybe he was abducted. I mean, he never said he was. But what he's saying under hypnosis could be that. What do you think of the alien name Joseph? 
Did he read Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat? And his dog. <laughs> dog was there. <laughs> <laughs> no name for the dog? It wasn't given, no. Uh. And don't name him. <laughs> right, I'm going to move on now. <laughs> In the weeks leading up to Ziggy's passing, there had been several sightings of orange fireballs and UFOs in the sky. Todd Fireworks. Morden... Pardon? Fireworks. Todd Morden was a particular hot spot. Meanwhile, to dump a body in a coal yard would have been extremely difficult to achieve without leaving behind footprints, considering the weather, or without being seen by people in the surrounding area. This happened in the middle of the day. Ziggy was well-liked and didn't have any drink or gambling issues, for example. This is why people latched on to the aliens being involved. It's actually pretty much as plausible as any other explanation. This one just doesn't make sense. Too calm. That shit is not plausible. <laughs> and how do they know he didn't have any gambling issues? Maybe he uh, hid them very well. The police would have uncovered that. Would they, though? They would have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would have. He might have been... Uh, you gotta have a faith, a faith, a faith. In with the mob. Might have owed them some money. Didn't pay up. So he got whacked. <laughs> On this... The day <laughs> of my goddaughter's wedding. <laughs> 25 years later, in 2005... This case was investigated by our old friends over at the British UFO Research Association, Bufora. David Sankey and Honourable John Hansen. Mm. I'm um, sorry, you can't put the word honourable and John in the same sentence. Honourable John Hansen. Or even next to each other. <laughs> uncovered that at the time of Ziggy's death, Ziggy was in a family feud. Ooh. Ziggy's family friend, or possibly his cousin, the wife, moved in with Ziggy and Lottie, and the wife's spouse was not a happy bunny. This fella had a restraining order against him. Ziggy felt the husband should have been more involved in the wedding, or in another report, the husband felt Ziggy was too involved. But regardless, it appears that Ziggy may not have wanted to go to the wedding after all. Apparently. Bufora believed that Ziggy was abducted, held in a barn, tortured, and ultimately killed by his family friend. That would explain the marks on Ziggy's body. They could have been torturing Ziggy, but then he has a heart attack, so they take off his shirt and apply CPR but can't revive him. So they dress him hastily and within a day have dumped the body. This line was never investigated. Godfrey said that there was never any suspicion on the family. Because they just jumped straight to aliens. <laughs> We've mentioned the rain possibly washing away footsteps on the coal pile. The ointment remains unexplained, as do the burns and strange manner of Ziggy's clothing, but this does offer a plausible explanation. They hurt Ziggy, then tried to, he tried to heal him. There isn't even any evidence to suggest the coroner, coroner <laughs> did chemically analyse the ointment. He was just like, well, that's not Vaseline, and marked it as unexplained. Do before our folks would 
far prefer to say that this was aliens, so I think we probably need to take note of the fact that they didn't. True crab. Well, got whacked. <laughs> it got whacked. I'm trying to think, why would they cut his hair before? Maybe they were going to take him to the wedding. <laughs> I wonder if he was kind take, of coerced, pretending he's still alive, coerced into going there to get his hair cut for the wedding. They were like, uh, "Oh, we'll cut your hair, mate." Like, and then, uh, they and then they tied him up and yeah. started torturing him. But then they put sunglasses well, on him. They were going to put him in a wheelchair and wheel him in and act like he was all right. Make his hand wave to people. Tell everyone he's got a sore throat. Or they um, kind of set his hair alight because it doesn't say how long his hair was. So maybe by torturing him, they were setting his hair alight. That's pretty nasty. And then to get rid of the evidence, like they literally gave him a haircut at the end, so it just looked cropped. It's pretty awful, though, isn't it, that the police didn't check out any other theories like this. I would say that's mad, but um, Godfrey had a hard-on for bloody aliens. Yeah, obviously when you say a theory like this on a show, then people automatically jump to that's obviously the conclusion. I'm not saying that is the case. It's just poor that it wasn't investigated or other theories weren't investigated. On the note of theories, another theory suggests that the KGB came for Ziggy. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure why. A less likely theory is that Ziggy was struck by ball lightning. That doesn't explain why he was where he was and Ziggy had no connection to Todd Morden. He'd never even been there. But remember the watch and wallet were missing. That suggests someone of earthly origin took him out. Jukram! But one more fact I found out there is that Ziggy had aches and pains and was attending acupuncture-like therapy. That would explain the ring burns on his body. So either Ziggy was taken by someone, possibly that family feud bloke, or Ziggy didn't want to be at the wedding, so did a runner, kept himself busy for a few days, but then had a bit of an accident and never made it home. Unfortunately, I've detected the shit out of this one. Kukram. What if the ring and burn marks on his body were from cupping? What, his balls? No. Um, it's a kind of, I wouldn't say massage therapy, but... Oh, Where when they... you stick it on your balls and then pull it off. <laughs> they kind of heat something in the cups. Yeah, and then, then put, put it on, it on your balls. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like your skin up. That yeah, could your cause ball skin, the yeah. bruising on your balls. On the wrong, yeah. wrong marks. Ring marks. <laughs> By the ring. Bit too low on the balls. Kev is obsessed with balls. What do you mean? So ball lightning knocked him out. <laughs> no, that's bullshit. Um, Because it wouldn't have knocked him all the way up on the coal pile and put him there perfectly. Or would it? No. I mean, it's theoretically possible. Bullshit. To summarise, we've covered Alan Godfrey, an award-winning honourable policeman with a soft penis. Zygmunt and Lottie Adamski were a happily married couple. Ziggy was a Polish war camp survivor and hard-working man near retirement. Whilst family were visiting the day before Ziggy's goddaughter's wedding, Ziggy nipped to the shop down the road and never returned. Five days and 15 minutes later, Ziggy's body would appear at the top of a 10-foot coal pile found by Trevor Parker. 
it had been raining all day, which may have washed footsteps away. Ziggy was found with small ring-like burn marks on his body and was dressed incorrectly with no shirt. Godfrey investigated and thought aliens could be involved. Godfrey himself would later see a UFO and the ridicule from this led to him leaving the police force. He was also visited by a suspicious task force. Hashtag MIB. But ever since the UFO sighting, Godfrey's dick came back to life. In 2005, this case was investigated by Bufora, who uncovered a family feud and more likely explanation. Ziggy was kept by someone and died, or Ziggy avoided the wedding and died. This case is not subject to active investigation and remains mysterious and unsolved. The official files of the case are not accessible. They have been locked down. True crime. I thought I'd drop that little peach in at the end. They aren't releasing the files on this one, so something's going on. Nah, I doubt it is. Any thoughts? Uh, we haven't had a yes for a while. Do you want to just like throw one in there? Or? I think Godfrey, the... Uh, Alien, yeah. Limp dick police officer. Ball copper, yeah. Was maybe just sad and unhappy. And that's why he went to get his balls cut. And that's why he's... Yeah, yeah, cut my balls, yeah. Dick was limp. Uh, uh, my dick will be hard once and you cut my balls, yeah, yeah. After he saw the UFO... Yeah. I saw a UFO, yeah. He thought he could get get one up on everyone. Oh, I'll get one up on everyone. And his dick came back. Oh, my dick. <laughs> what the fuck is that? What? So you're in a uh, monologue. <laughs> uh, I have... That's a lie. I've heard worse than this. Yeah, we've. unfortunately at this point we've heard a lot worse <laughs> than this. I would like to find out what happened to Ziggy. Um, yeah, yeah, I... We obviously make light of things on this show, but it's always sad when someone passes away. And I think Especially if uh, when foul play was involved. Possible foul play and in mysterious circumstances that remain unsolved, because I think in any circumstance in life, let alone when someone passes away, you can't really get closure unless you know what happened. And so, yeah, that is awful for those involved. Yeah. This is not aliens. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're never a- has been, never will be. Yeah, it's aliens, yeah. Oh, ball cup. Is that the dog that was uh, found? No, <laughs> there was no dog. I'm erasing that part of the story. <laughs> there was no dog, just like there was no aliens. There was aliens. So there was a dog. I'm not saying that it was aliens. This one has been a dive into true crap. I thought from the outset that this one sounded like a crime case, which made it hard to get on board. Then when I learned about the family feud, well, my mind was made up. I've been telling you what it was the whole way through. It is genuinely unexplained to this day though, and a lot of people do believe that it was aliens. Regarding Godfrey's UFO sighting, there is a theory that he actually saw a special type of mobile home on a truck, hence why it appeared to be floating, possibly with headlights pointing his way. Godfrey is aware of that theory and very strongly denies it as it doesn't match his drawing, and I admitted this bit for time due to that. But yeah, true crime. Interesting file this was, but can't say that it was aliens. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Maybe he was just shit at drawing. 
So, to him, his drawing looked like a UFO, but it was simply <laughs> just like... You said a mobile home or whatever it was on a truck. Well, maybe he had shit eyesight and he really did see a mobile home. <laughs> or a coach. This is before he got new glasses. Maybe he'd been jacking himself so much that he went blind. <laughs> he got so excited because his dick came back to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my dick's back, yeah. Yes, my aliens. That's today's show, folks. Thank you one and all for listening to... But it was aliens. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, let us know on the Twitter... At but it was aliens. We'll be back next Thursday, where if you can't wait and need to hear more, we cover monthly cases of the paranormal over on our Patreon. 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 Sad bro. We really need to find a way to say Patreon. It's just it's just not clicking for me at the moment. <laughs> Sound like I'm having a stroke every time I say it. Patreon. <laughs> But yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens. That's patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens. And the reason you got that laugh is because he's actually written patreon.bomb. <laughs> so. so just to reiterate, that's patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens until next time have you ever wondered how many butts that piece of toilet paper has touched before yours 42 the truth is up there hash tag I've just put some photos of them both there at the end for you Ziggy and Godfrey with his alien book alien book who or what were they? Alan Godfrey. Why is there a picture of an alien there when he didn't even see an alien? Because he saw Joseph. That's a good point. But he had a skull cap on. This alien doesn't have a skull cap. Maybe he took his skull cap off. But the episode's over. <laughs> Can't believe we got through a whole one without you saying Ricardo. I just didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs>